Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. On the Logistics of Logistics, I talk to experts in logistics and transportation, warehousing, fulfillment, supply chain, and of course, technology. And during these interviews, I'm always the one asking the dumb questions. I ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Today's topic is the importance of freight bill audit with my friend Richard Perry. Richard is Vice President of Strategic Accounts at Intelligent Audit, a cutting-edge logistics and supply chain tech company dedicated to helping businesses manage their shipping and transportation processes. Richard shares some great insights on freight bill audit, so please check out our conversation. But before we get to the interview, I want to tell you about my friends over at Tusk Logistics. That's T-U-S-K logistics.com. Tusk Logistics is a national small parcel network made up of the very best regional small parcel carriers. Tusk delivers reliable service, predictable pricing, and proactive support at lower costs, sometimes up to 40% less than the big guys, UPS and FedEx. Implementation is easy, and the Tusk team is absolutely obsessed with customer service and putting the shipper first. Check them out at tusklogistics.com and click the Get Started button. I will put a link in the show notes so you can reach out and talk to my friends over at Tusk Logistics. So how's it going, Richard? Man, it's going great, Joe. Thank you for having me on this morning. Super excited to be here with you and chat with you. So thank you. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. We were blabbing so much before we hit record. We almost don't have enough time to do the podcast. <laughs> but Richard, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Richard Perry. I'm the vice president of strategic accounts for a company called Intelligent Audit. And our focus is in, in core is on freight bill auditing and analytics. I'm calling to you from Phoenix, but I hail from Memphis, Tennessee. But I've loved the desert and heat so much. I've just extended my time out here and just enjoying it. Very nice. Very nice. So what does Intelligent Audit do? So at our core, we're a freight bill audit and analytics company. And what that means is we work with both shippers and 3PLs to collect and, and ingest their transportation invoices. doesn't matter if it's shipped on a plane, a train, a boat, a truck, all modes of transportation, we're able to ingest that and provide a true line level audit. And throughout that process, we're actually normalizing that data from the carriers. You get a lot of disparate and messy data in the supply chain, right? And as we're auditing those invoices, we're normalizing, cleansing that data, charge codes, locations, master data, so that in the end, not only are we showing the customer, how did your carrier perform from a delivery standpoint, but also from a billing, but how did you perform as a shipper, right? Because you had, did you use the right carrier or using the right service? Do you have the right data when you're feeding in and creating these orders or do you giving bad master data, which is causing some billing anomalies from the carriers. So I'd like to tell people that just as much as we're auditing the carriers, we're auditing the shippers, the people that are shipping as well, to point out opportunities for them to be a more efficient shipper, right? It's in our mission statement for them to ship smarter. Yep. And so you work with shippers? We do. We work with shippers uh, primarily, but we do work with 3PLs as well. Really, the way that we say this is anyone that ships um, has an opportunity for an audit. Right. If you have high volume shipping and it doesn't matter again, if it's parcel, LTL, truckload, ocean air, if you ship, there's a need for an audit. You have a contract in place with the carriers. You have an agreement and it only makes sense to make sure that they're holding up the right end of that because nothing's worse than paying for a Saturday delivery and it didn't get delivered on Saturday. Yep. I used to be the general manager, COO of a company that did LTL shipping. So we did, we're not asset based. So we we're working with all the LTL carriers. And I used to tell shippers that we worked with that there was three things that can happen on the audit. Number one, you manage it in-house and you don't have the tools and you don't have necessarily the expertise and you don't have the time and it's a very painful process. Or you, you don't do it at all. <laughs> you just don't do it at all. And that just means there's money on the table. And the last way to do it is to, to have us do it. And so a lot of times when we were talking to less than truckload shippers, we would say, we'll get you a better price on this, but we'll also do all the freight bill audit that you guys, your, your accounting team doesn't like. So when we get down to talking to the accounting team, they're like, oh my God, yes. If you could take that off our plate, because if you're a significant shipper, you have somebody in accounting who's killing themselves 
to to make all of those bills go together and they don't necessarily have the technology they don't have the processes they don't have the people who are I shouldn't say capable. They're probably capable if they had the technology and the process, but they probably don't have those things. So they aren't that good at it. Right. Yeah. You, I always tell people that a lot of the times I'm saving people's lives. I know it sounds really cliche, but if you're, if you work for any company of any size that has shipping operations and you're responsible for looking after those bills, it's, I would say, unless you have unlimited capital and unlimited knowledge, it's near impossible to build a solution to do it yourself. When you're talking about LTL, guess what? Now you got to have Rateware Excel and you got to be able to tap into SMC because guess who owns the tariffs? That's a whole other story. But with that said, there's a lot of pieces to that. And then you got to get in there to understand what are the commodities that we're shipping? What are the classes that we're shipping on? Oh, did we convert our contracts over to PCF calculations bound per cubic foot to get away from the commoditizing? So I always tell people, man, we're saving people's lives because a lot of times they're ready to jump out a window. They're frustrated. They have all these bills. <laughs> they have all these accessorials and ancillary. They're like, I don't know what to do. I'm just trying to get it paid so that they'll pick up and deliver. And that's yeah. that's what we come in and find a lot of people doing, just eyes spinning in spreadsheets. I said it before we hit record, and you, you probably saw my passion for the topic come out. But one of the things that is supremely upsetting for me is when, and I've been on a few ends of this, where as a shipper or as a 3PL where oh, we did a shipment on January 1st and uh, come about April, you get another bill for the same shipment and you go, we paid for that. It was $1,800. Oh no, it's an extra $900 because of blank. And my first thought is, hey, I'm sorry, you don't know how to manage your business. No, <laughs> get out of here. I hate that. And we've had that as... Now, I think it's gotten better and better as our technology's gotten better, but that drives me crazy. Now, if I was you were moving freight for me, let's just say you're a sh uh, carrier and I'm the shipper, and on Friday you had a problem and, and you call me the following Monday and say, Joe, it's an extra $300 because you made our, our driver wait. I was like, okay, thank you. And you send me a, an email and I know it's coming. But if you say, hey, Joe, six Fridays ago, my carrier had to sit in your lot. I'm like, oh, okay. So when was that? Uh, six weeks ago. Why did it take six weeks? Now I feel like you're half lying to me. I struggle with that. I know there's probably a lot of carriers listening or shipper. Yeah, there's probably, there's a million things. They're like, there's a carrier out there going, look, I submitted my paperwork to the 3PL. They didn't bill it. That sort of thing just drives me crazy. And again, I think the vast majority of people are honest. And I don't think people are trying to scam. But man, that just that burns me up. <laughs> yeah. And you're not the only one, right? There's a lot of people in that type of, those types of charges. When you're doing this in the realm of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of shipments a month, stuff adds up really fast, right? And you have to stay on top of it. And as we were talking about earlier, that's really where it comes down to say, what there's some minimum expectations that I have from the carriers that I do business with, right? There's some vetting that has to happen. And this data that we collect from the freight audit process absolutely helps with that vetting, right? Being able to show what are the types of charges they're billing for? How quickly are they billing them? Are they lagging out there for 30, 60, 90 days, right? So using all that data to say, okay, Mr. Carrier, when we do business together, you got to bill me within 30 days, right? If you don't bill me within 30 days, I'm not going to pay it or 60 days or whatever it may be, right? But putting in rules and saying, hey, a valid balance due invoice, they happen, but you have to submit it within 30, 45 days of the original invoice or it won't be processed. And I've seen a lot of large enterprise companies put these in their contracts with their carriers specifically to mitigate these types of charges just ongoing. It's not to say things aren't going to happen along the way, but if you can really take the time to vet your carrier, their technology, their billing process, because yes, you they're there, they're hired to deliver your product, but there's other aspects of it that you want to make sure that they can do it well. And that includes being able to bill you. Can they bill electronically, right? In the world that we live in, do we want to continue to pass around 15 pieces of paper for an invoice or do we want to do that electronically and be more efficient? We talked about fax machines earlier. People are still using the fax machine to send over <laughs> bills and all of the backup. 
Yeah, before we hit record, I told my fax machine story how I worked at an engineering company, very high tech, and we had a fax machine and we didn't fully understand how to use it. So that it gives you a sense for my age right there. <laughs> but anyway, Richard, let's switch gears. Tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights before you joined Intelligent Audit. Absolutely. So I'll start off by saying I think I was born into the supply chain. My dad is an owner, was, a, was an owner operator. My mom is in purchasing for a chemical company. My uncle was a transportation manager. My grandfather was a truck mechanic. Growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, in the a good place the for supply chain. It's a great place. I think I was just destined to be in transportation and supply chain. But growing up, I graduated from uh, Houston High School in Collierville, Tennessee. I actually graduated with a special education diploma. So growing up, I had some learning disabilities. Was, there were some challenges that I had, dyslexia and others. And there were, it was a little harder for me to overcome some of the learning curves as a, as when I was younger. But I always had the attitude of, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to learn. It doesn't matter if I have to write it three times. I have to read it four times. I'm going to figure this out. And so over that time, I, I went through and I got my high school diploma. And as I mentioned earlier, I had kids very early with my wife. And I was really looking to say, okay, what do I need to do? What is it that I want to do in life? And so I got an opportunity with a company called CTSI Global. They actually hired me to start in their mailroom. I was so blessed to be able to start in the mailroom. I was like, hey, I got my first corporate job. And at the exact same time, I was going to get my GED so that I could go to college. Because in, in the state of Tennessee, they won't let a GED go to college. You have to have your, I'm sorry. Yeah, they'll let a GED go to college, but a special education diploma was not, you couldn't take it to the credit. So not only do I have my high school, I have two different high school diplomas and an accredited college degree from Southwest Community College. But I started out in the mailroom and I remember my first week in the mailroom, they called me down on that Friday and they're like, hey man, you talk a lot. And I was terrified. I was like, oh man, they're not going to keep me around here. They, I was like, I talk too much to be in the mailroom. And they're like, we're going to put you on the phone with carriers. They said, you're really charismatic. We love the way that you talk to people and just the way that you interact. And after working in the mailroom for a week, still not sure what companies do, what is freight auditing, I'm on the phone with carriers and I'm helping them find their payments, payment inquiries, help them get invoices submitted for processing. And I'm really learning more about the business and I'm really learning the personal aspect of it. Because again, my dad was an owner operator. So these guys calling in looking for their payment, they were my dad. So I had a lot of heart and it was really important for me to make sure that, hey, these guys deserve to be paid the right amount at the right time. So I continued to learn that. And then after about six months in carrier services, I moved into our customer service group. And I actually worked with some of the world's largest PC manufacturers. Those were some of my first clients. And I was like 24 years old, learning how to write SQL queries, go into AS400 databases, definitely doing things that were stretching my skill set. But at that point, I had told myself, this is a very niche industry. You've never heard of it before. And a lot of people have never heard of it. This is your opportunity to take something, learn something, build it into your trade and become an expert at it. So over the last 20 years, I worked in the customer service realm, managed customer accounts for five or six, seven years. Then I moved into customer manager of that role. So I oversaw the team globally that managed our customers and managed those accounts. And because I had learned so much about the system, the technology, what customers are looking for, it was very native for me to move into customer onboarding. And I went and I got my PMP certification and I started doing project management, doing customer onboarding for freight audit, got to work with some of the world's largest automotive companies, worked with hundreds of clients around the globe, got to travel for it. And I learned a lot, again, continuing just to learn about projects, how companies work inter internally, how can we continue to assist and make this a seamless process. And at that point, I knew that at some point I was going to move into sales and marketing. I just didn't know when, but the next step for me then was vice president of product management. So I got to oversee, yeah, man, I've just, again, a blessing to move through all these positions and be able to learn so much. And I attest that to a lot of people that invested in me. Tamitha Crom, she hears this, she invested a lot in me. And because of those types of investments from other humans, I was able to learn and pick up. Is she a CTSI? No, she's with another competitor today. <laughs> But we have love in this industry. Yeah. So when and why did you join Intelligent Audit? So I had actually, scary enough, I joined Intelligent Audit March of 2020, <laughs> Man, right? It's just Great timing. Yeah. I had just spent 15, 16 years of a great career at a great company, learning and growing. And I met the CEO, or at the time, the COO of Intelligent Audit, Hannah Testani. 
And from the moment I met her, she's just very smart, very in tune to the industry, very in tune to technology and what can be done differently here when it comes to data and analytics. And it was just something that just enlightened me. It was like, hey, this is, I don't want to say the next best thing, but this is the thing when it comes to freight delighting and analytics. This is how the magic actually happens. And through conversations and lots of months of qualifications and getting to know each other, it was not a knee jerk to walk away from a company after 15, 16 years. It's not, it wasn't an overnight decision. It was very many months of prayer, months of meeting with the company, making sure I understand them and their values, making sure it aligns with me as a person to actually make that decision. And then I remember coming over in March of 2020, resigned from my other company, got ready to start. And then I get an email from the team that says, hey, we're not doing any in-person training. The world's shutting down. And I'm going, what did I just do? I'm walking away from all my commission. I just walked away from all my commission. I just walked away from everything that I've built doing to the, now the world is shutting down. And it was scary that first two weeks. I'm not going to lie, right? Because how do I make money? I make money when people ship, right? If people aren't shipping, then I don't make money. <laughs> we started shipping then, that's for sure. But it, it, it was a weird it was a weird time because I remember somebody called me, a uh, shipper that I'm very familiar with, and they called and said, we're thinking about going and calling our carriers and renegotiating rates. What do you think of that? And I was like, I go, they go, because we won't be shipping. No one's going to be, there's, the shipping's going to be sparse. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And we'll be doing a lot less shipping because the pandemic. And that lasted, I don't know, five days. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, and I remember their decision was, eh, let's leave it alone. I like the idea of having a par true partnership. And if times are bad for them, I don't want to take advantage. <laughs> and, and I was like, good call, because a month later, they'd be calling you up and gouging you. <laughs> yeah, it was about that two-week period, like you said, that it was, whoa, what's happening? And then we're like, okay, the world, the business has to get on. We have to figure this out. And at that point, prospects are calling, they're engaging. We're just all doing it from home now, which we're all pretty comfortable doing. And it was honestly, it's been a unique ride for me over the last three years. It's been a, it's been a blessing. It is, I've learned so much from this company and I've had the, the ability to work with customers that I probably wouldn't have been able to see at the previous company or more opportunities to work with larger name brand retailers, e-commerce companies, things like that, just because of the technology. But like you said, in that very beginning of 20, March of 2020, it was terrifying, but it was in about two weeks that the company reassured me of our track, where we were going the financial health of the organization is everything that I needed to go heads down and say, let's just go, let's make this happen and figure out what happens next. And uh, honestly, I'm coming off of my best year in sales ever coming out of the pandemic. I literally have had my top earning years and uh, it's been beautiful. And it's just, it's been great to see the world come back around like that. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, if you, if you made extra money that you don't need, you can always just throw it out. The, the garbage men will take it. I found, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, they'll grab all of it. So, Actually, right now it's going to kids and colleges. <laughs> exactly. I want to switch gears. So again, the we want to talk about the importance of freight bill audit, and I've described it this way. And again, I'm this. I, I like things simple. <laughs> An audit is just the difference between what I quoted you and what I invoiced you. So I quoted you eighteen hundred dollars, and now I got an invoice that's eighteen hundred. I go, boom, good. Thank you. We're all set. <laughs> and that seems like that. So somebody who hasn't been involved with freight bills says, yes, that's the way the world works, Joe. <laughs> and but somebody who has been involved with freight bills would say, oh, that's usually the way it works, but not always. But it's not. Let me throw one other thing. It's not just quoted versus invoice, because I'll throw one other thing out there increasingly we have other what i'll call compliance issues that we want to track and one of the things i used to say to my when i was still in logistics and transportation is when anytime one of my customers would say hey how can we save more money i was like if we could get all of the people who are supposed to ship through us to actually ship through us rather than we just get the bills later we would have saved you so it was hundreds of thousands of dollars per year per customer and so I feel like increasingly, it's not just auditing the quoted price versus the invoice price. Am I right to say that? Some people will, will agree, others will disagree with me, but I would argue 
that the data itself is more valuable than the audit. The audit is important, don't get me wrong. You wanna make sure you're paying the right amount to the right carriers. But having all of that data strategically for every shipment in your supply chain, regardless of what you thought was gonna happen, it tells you exactly what happened. Those extra fees that came six months later, those detention charges, things like that, it starts to tell you about inefficiencies in your processes, right? Are we choosing the right carriers when we're shipping out? Are we shipping a lot of boxes out that have a lot of air in them, right? Are we dimming our packages out? Because when you think about the data I capture from the invoice audit, it's not just an invoice number and a dollar amount. I'm capturing every charge that goes along with it, capturing the product details that were actually shipped out. I have the origin and destination information. I have the pieces and the weights of all the things and then any data that I bring in from your ERP system. So now not only are we, again, auditing these bills to help the finance team, but now I'm helping transportation to understand what were all the decisions that we made and where can we be more efficient tomorrow? Where can I consolidate, downgrade, use a different carrier? Also looking at that, maybe your compliance team needs to come in and use that data. Think about greenhouse gases, GHG and things like that. That's really big with shippers. And one of the things we do is through our reporting is we're collecting the, the CO2 and the O2 information, I'm sorry, the NO2 information to be able to report on that for our customers. So now they understand, hey, for every one of these shipments, how does that impact that? And if we're buying carbon offsets, you got to be able to have that data. So that's one area of it. Then you start to look at what is procurement need, right? Because now we have these trained and professional buyers in the marketplace. We were talking about procurement folks earlier, but they're professional buyers. They have been trained to commoditize the things that they're after. And now we have to be able to provide them that rich and granular data that they need to be able to negotiate with the carriers. And what they're looking for is what's, what are the routes that I'm shipping on? What are the typical dimensions of the products that I'm shipping? What does that look like? What are the things so they can find the carriers that they're attracted to? So this data, not only is it helping the finance team get the carriers paid, but it's helping the transportation manager manage the day. It's helping the procurement person find the right carriers. It's helping the compliance team make sure that you're getting all the carbon offsets and credits that you need. And by the way, another thing that we do is we also help with rate negotiations. So in addition to the audit, we can help our customers with negotiating those carrier contracts. We have a lot of industry expertise and a whole team of professional services individuals. And so that's another area that says, hey, I may not have the, the support I need to go and get the best rates, but now I have a partner that's looking after my bills and can help me get those best rates as well. And I know you guys do a lot, do small parcel audits, right? Yes, sir, we do. We do all modes, but small pack is definitely one that's very high on the, the amount of packages that we received. Last year, we processed 1.3 billion shipments. I take it you did some, used some technology for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Really, that's where the secret sauce of Intelligent Audit is, is in our proprietary technology. They have a great development team that's built out parsers to be able to collect this carrier data in various formats. Doesn't No longer do you need the traditional EDI. There's billing centers. There's delimited files. There's a lot of different ways to get this data into the system. And so we have some really smart people on our team that can figure out how do we consume that data? How do we normalize that data? And then on the backside of that, I haven't really even mentioned this, we have data scientists that are building anomaly uh, detection software where we're actually taking these massive amounts of data from our customers and we're running it through a, a machine learning algorithm and we're pointing out anomalous patterns. And it's not the anomalous patterns that you would think from billing. It's really more operational stuff. This week I changed services and now it's impacted my cost and it's gone sky high because it's got additional charges that go along. And I didn't know by changing carriers or services it did this. Or all of a sudden someone puts... Someone from the UK puts a comma in the wrong place in this American database, right? <laughs> and then uh, we had a shipment that was 10 pounds, it goes to 10,000 pounds, and now we've manifested that out. And so again, it points out anomalous patterns in the data that normally a human being going through it, you wouldn't see it. You, maybe you would see that charge, maybe you wouldn't, but when you're going through thousands of rows of data, you need technology to bring that to the top. And that's where we found our machine learning algorithm is really helpful in pointing out just little silos of information that a customer may not see on their own. Yep. When I think about this, the whole space of logistics, especially over the road, but we're talking, when we talk about intelligent audit, you guys, if it moves, you're doing audits for it, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Parcel, LTL, truckload, ocean, air, courier, 
I tell people, we even process bicycle courier invoices. We have people that make deliveries in New York. And guess what? They're doing it on bicycles and hover rounds and all that stuff. If it ships, we can ingest it. So soon it'll be drones. Uh, yes, it will be. Yeah. Although I'm still not, I'm still not on board with the idea that you're going to see dozens of drones del delivering stuff in the neighborhood. I live in Michigan. We'll be shooting those out of the sky. I live in the South. There's 100% they're playing. They think they're skeet already. So they're coming down. <laughs> it's funny you say but Sometimes they call Detroit the northernmost southern city. And every once in a while, you'll hear somebody say, don't mess with the southern girl from Detroit. And what they mean is mom and dad or grandma and grandpa came up here to automotive a lot in the 40s and 50s. Anyway, when I think of this, our entire space, there's some people who are listening saying, oh, what, what Richard just described is what my freight broker does. That's what my 3PL does. I have a 3PL and they do all the same things Richard does and more. They'll get me the trucks. And I think that's probably, I don't know what percent of over the road stuff is gone through freight broker or 3PL, but I'm going to say 30%. So I wish somebody would give me that definitive, but I don't think we're ever going to get there, but I'm going to say 30, 40% at the most. So the majority of people are used shippers are going directly to carriers. And they might have, if you're a very large shipper, you say, we bought our own TMS, we have our own team in-house, and we go directly to carriers. We don't need a middleman like a 3PL. And by the way, I hate when people call 3PLs or brokers middleman, because I, when I was in that job and I was like, yeah, you can call me a middleman, except I'm saving you money and bringing you technology and a whole team. So don't call me a middleman. <laughs> it's like calling them. <laughs> I always say, I used to say this, what's going to say? Oh, uh, yeah, you're just a middleman adding costs. I was like, do you buy your bananas directly from Brazil and Colombia or do you go through the grocery store? <laughs> Same with your fuel. Everything that you get, there is a person in the middle of that transaction making sure that it is laid best for everyone. It's, but it's our job to add value. It, that's always yes. the challenge is adding value. But getting back to it, not everybody wants to work with a 3PL or broker. Some companies say, we're of a size or maybe a mindset that we have our own internal TMS and it connects to our ERP and we connect directly with some carriers. And maybe we work not only with carriers, but also with a few brokers and a few 3PLs, but we want to be the captain of this ship. We're not outsourcing it. And that's where audit comes in because they probably don't want to do the auditing piece. Am I right? To, am I right in my characterization? Is that correct? I think you're, you're right on. When we look at the shippers that we work with, yes, if you sole source to a 3PL and they're doing everything soup to nuts for you, maybe it doesn't make a ton of sense, right? To have a, a second and a third auditor come behind it. But if you have multiple 3PLs, you want to make sure they're billing you correctly. Because guess what? That 3PL, they have to pay for that freight with the carrier. And then they're marking it up when they're billing you, right? So now you have another set of hands that are in there and another opportunity for things to go awry. So it's very important to look at that and make sure that you're being billed correctly. But when you look at this, when you have multiple carriers, multiple 3PLs, it's a lot. It's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 carriers. Now you got to make sure everybody's getting paid every week. Everything's coming through. And it makes a ton of sense to, to hand it off because a lot of companies are literally just taking these bills and saying, finance, just pay these, right? And that means that they're just paying the bills. They're going at it blind. They don't have any data to tell them. Was this my shit? You're also encouraging your carriers. Now, again, I think the vast majority of people are very honest, but if they know you don't audit, eh, somebody somewhere along the line is going to add a, a few bucks here or there. <laughs> You're training them. It's like kids, right? <laughs> I, I've seen that happen. I've seen it happen with some other carriers that they know that there's a threshold and a tolerance that could be surpassed. And we've seen those types of things happen historically. I don't I haven't seen that, honestly. I haven't seen that in the last two or three years. I think there's been uh, folks that I've been working with, again, kind of higher up there. But historically, you've seen that. I've seen companies where this is where another place where freight audit is great. I have gone in and found out where behind people, where they had clerks that set themselves up as carriers and were embezzling money. And it, it wasn't until they had the freight audit process in place. And we go, that's not a carrier. That is not a carrier. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for nothing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for nothing. And that's real stuff that happens, right? You could have somebody in your organization that set themselves up as a set up a SCAG for themselves, and now you're they're paying themselves fifteen hundred bucks a week embezzling money. 
that kind of stuff actually really does happen in the world we live in, unfortunately. And if it wasn't for a freight audit process, you wouldn't catch that because no one's validating vetting the carriers. Susie says it's good. It's good. Yep. So I want to take a quick time out to tell you about my friends over at Greenscreens. That's greenscreens.ai. Greenscreens is a dynamic pricing technology for the truckload spot market that delivers buy and sell side market intelligence to help brokers and 3PLs grow and protect their margins. Freight brokers and 3PLs using green screens gain the following advantages. Faster pricing for both buy side and sell side transactions. Pricing that is more accurate and more likely to win profitable business. Guys, dynamic pricing is the next killer app. Hundreds of freight brokers are already using it because it enables them to develop faster, more accurate quotes. This is the time. Check out Green Screens in the show notes, greenscreens.ai. So getting back to it, we used to, for when I was still selling logistics and transportation services, we would say, we will find billing errors and we will fix them. And it's going to save you 1%, 2% a year, and which can add up. And But you said it's beyond that. So I'm assuming when you go talk to people, you got to talk about the benefits and the importance of this. The, one of the things you're going to say is it's a savings. What percent would you say is savings from freight bill auditing? Oh boy, that can be, it can swing so far left and right. And the reason that I say that is what is the carriers you're using? What are the commodities that you're shipping? Things that are- What type at, of shipping? Yep. What type of shipping, all of that. But on average, it can be two to 3% of your total transportation spend or more. That's just on average. What's 2% of a of 100 million? It's quite a bit of money. <laughs> so then beyond this the, that savings, which again, I think traditionally that's what we in the audit bill, bill freight bill audit would say, we save you 2 or 3%. That's worth having us around. Pays for our fee and then some. Now, what's another benefit? You, you mentioned the data, but talk about what, talk a little bit about the actual value of that data. When we think of the data, I'll start at the very beginning of the process before we even get an invoice. Intelligent audit, when we work with companies, there's a lot that we can do for them. And that one of those is accruing the cost. So if you have a TMS that you're using or any type of shipping tool where you can pass me order information, I can start to accrue costs before the invoices ever come in. So now you have that expected P&L that's out there. What is accruing? So accruing the cost is saying, hey, what do I have out there as my liabilities? What are my liabilities for freight? So if I ship today, I ship an LTL shipment, it's $200. I have $200 of liability that's going to come hit my books, right? That carrier is going to bill me $200. And I want to know about that in advance, right? So if it's in the month, I need to be able to accrue that this is going to roll over to next month. So it's really about having that, that knowing that upfront and accruing the cost of that shipment prior to the actual invoice coming in. Okay. So you can help them. So we're getting back to it. The value of that data is the beyond the two or 3% savings overcharges is the data. And so you can do that accrual for them, which tells them, Hey, next month, you're going to owe $10 million in over the road transportation. And you'll tell them that ahead of time, but they had some sense of that. So that's, they knew that they know they spent a lot of money, but what else are they doing with that data? Yeah. So after that, we get the invoice data that comes in, that invoice data starts telling us what actually happened. So we have the, this is what we expected to happen. And this is what actually happened. Here are all the charges. Here's where it actually got delivered to again, best laid plan versus what actually happened. A lot of times there's a pretty big difference in between those. And as we're capturing that data, yes, we're making sure that contractually every charge that's on there correctly. But what we're also doing is we're normalizing that data between the carriers. So think about freight, fuel, each of these guys call them something different. And we normalize that data between them. So now I have an apples to apples comparison between my carriers. So now I can see how does carrier A compare against carrier B on route number three, right? Just making some things up here. Um, but now I can start to do that comparison. I can also use that data to say, hey, for example, if you look at your lost and damaged shipments, right? Are they all coming out of a certain location? Is there a particular location that just doesn't pack good, that doesn't ship well? Using that data to start tying back to operational inefficiencies. We're using the wrong carrier. What's the account number or what carrier you're using? What location does it tie to? Is it a, you think of the world of third-party dropship. You've got vendors that are dropshipping on your behalf. That's your lie. You're liable for those costs. Are they making the right decision? Oh, by the way, did they put the right account number in when they're shipping it? Or are they shipping your stuff on somebody else's account number? 
So there's a lot of validity that goes into just, again, interrogating those freight bills and taking all that data and bringing it back up to the top. I've hit on the low hanging fruit, as they say, like consolidating shipments, downgrading, using the right carrier. But there's so much more. If you start looking at your packaging information and you look at the dim weights, you can start to say, am I being as efficient as possible? If I look at my LTL shipments, am I shipping lightweight LTL that should really be a heavyweight parcel? Or am I shipping heavyweight parcel that really should be an LTL min? Do I have LTL minimums here that I can consolidate into a truckload going out on the West Coast? So you start looking at this and there's so many aspects of it. That's when you come back to your KPIs. We talked about KPIs a little earlier before we started rolling. But, but not only are you measuring how did the carrier bill me, did they bill me correctly, did they bill me timely, but also we're looking at did they deliver on time? Did I make the right choices internally? And based on the choices that I made, was that part of our plan, part of our routing guide? So using all that data helps to paint the picture. Now, taking that another step further, this data helps you procure. When you go to market with your carriers, you're using this data to tell them what your network looks like, what you actually do and how you operate. And as you're picking apart who you want to give your different business to, having this data honestly is just, it's so important because without it, you're flying blind. You can't tell the carrier how many shipments I have going to this particular location or how many I'm routing through here. You got to have that data. And I think it's ultimately important for a procurement person. And then if you don't have a procurement team, that's where Intelligenauta can come in, right? We have experts that can help with the contract negotiations itself. So a lot of times I'll have transportation managers and their job is just getting it from point A to point B, but they got to get the best rates. And so they just tap us on the shoulder to say, hey, bring your experts along with us to help us negotiate these contracts with the carriers. It's a lot of avenues. When we call it freight audit and analytics, there's a lot that feeds into it. It's the core, but from that core, it ventures out to help you in so many other areas. Yep. It reminds me years ago when I was still doing logistics and transportation services, we would do auditing for L, no, small parcel shipments. And when you look at that, it says, okay, this was supposed to deliver by noon. It delivered at four o'clock. So we could go back and say, we don't want, that was guaranteed. So we're not paying that. But if you don't, if you don't catch that, they aren't going to call you and say, hey, by the way, you don't owe us that money. And by the end of the year, it's it adds up <laughs> easily, 2 3 4%. And sometimes you also find, not only do they not, the small parcel carriers not always meet their objective, the promises they made, but other times you find out that your manufacturing team has said, we need all of this stuff by noon. Every day we receive all this by noon. And when you ask, what are you doing with it? They say, we put it in inventory. You don't need it by noon every day. And so that, <laughs> so that's an internal thing that we would catch and find out, my God, look how much extra we spent because you wanted to get that in inventory early. Now, by the way, maybe that makes sense. Maybe you have your, a team that goes home at 1 p.m. So I need it. But if not, if it doesn't make sense, let's at least have that conversation. Yeah, you're spot on, right? And I, I think that that's a big one for my customers today too. Like how much stuff did you ship express that could have gone ground and got there the same amount of time and saved you a couple of dollars along the way? And that's where the aspects of uh, this reporting is so important, right? Because again, regardless, the best laid plan, a lot of things happen in the process. There's a lot of human intervention in between. And so having that data really lets you know those points where you're inefficient and where you can go in and fine tune the process. It may be as simple as, like you said, going down and telling Steve, hey, Steve, thanks for bringing these in. But instead of having these coming in at noon, they're probably going to come in at three or four at the end of the day. And it's going to save us X amount of money for the company doing that. Are you OK with getting at three or four? Yeah, cool. Boom. And it's just because you have that. Usually it hasn't even been looked at. That's usually the, where they go. I don't That's know. That's it. That wasn't my job. That guy who was here did that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> also, what I like about having an overlay, and that's kind of how I look at what you guys are doing, is you might come back and say, oh, it looks like you spent 25% more this quarter or this month on expedites. Oh, why is that? I don't know. Let's look into it. <laughs> or you find out why we have all these LTL shipments that last quarter were truckload. Can we combine some of these LTLs into a truckload? And again, if if you have a 3PL or broker, maybe they're doing this for you. But if you're a shipper who doesn't have that, 
and you want an outside objective view of your world, maybe one that you couldn't create yourself easily, this is what you, this is the importance of it. So it's not just it's not just the audit. It's also you said you're auditing ops internally. Make sure that we don't have a whole bunch of expedited things coming inbound or going outbound that doesn't need to be expedited, but there's a million of those things. And I know I've talked about ocean freight audit. Those bills are absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> new charges every day, new fees coming through all the time. They historically ocean invoices and add in Dre to go along with it, right? Just because it goes hand in hand. Those are historically some very complex invoices to, to go through. Uh, lots of charges, lots and lots of documentation and paper charges. And then the other thing that you have to look at there too is like, what are my eco terms, right? At what point did I become liable for this freight? Because sometimes these carriers are billing you for charges and you weren't in possession yet and you weren't responsible for that. And that's on someone else. So that's where the audit is so important. I know we don't, I know we don't have time to get into all the nuances of it. Just again, using ocean and eco terms. There are a set of charges based on those terms that you're responsible for. And you want to make sure that the carrier is not billing you for inland charges that you weren't responsible because you hadn't taken possession of the freight yet. So there's a lot to look at when you're going through these invoices. Yeah, my my mom worked in at the hospital for many years and she was a medical biller and for a lot of her, she would always say, still does, she says, always assume the medical bill you got is wrong. <laughs> this, that, that should be your going in <laughs> assumption. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying with our bills are that bad, but I will say this isn't a, when we talk about the importance of this, it's not only the audit, it's having an objective expert view of your whole operation who, whose job is to identify ways of doing business better. And I think that's worthwhile. Yeah. And I always tell people like, I know this is a cliche uh, uh, of a way to say this, but if you get in your car, you put your seatbelt on every time, not because you think you're going to have an accident, but because you want to be safe. When we're auditing a freight bills, because you think that every single one of them is wrong, the potential is there for something to be wrong, right? And you want to have that safety net. There's a lot of ways to, to look at this thing, depending on the buyer that I'm looking at. One person is really important. They really care about that risk part of it. Others care about the data. Others care about the audit. But in the end, I will say that it all comes back around to the data because this data is helping finance. It's helping transportation. It's helping procurement. It's helping ops. It's really that lifeblood of what's happening in your supply chain. Yeah, I would, you know, to add to that, and I'm sure you, you agree, is we we want compliance to not only federal regulations, not only state regulations and safety for the trucking, but we also increasingly have stuff related to environmental impacts and internal company policies. And somebody's got to make sure we're doing that. And, and again, I, we, we have a compliance culture, a quality and compliance culture that is not going away. And I don't think most of us disagree with it. I'll throw another thing out there, and I don't think you probably get dragged into this very much, but I, I keep hearing the stat that there's more slave labor today than ever before in history. Now, of course, there's a lot more people than at any time in history. But we're being told you can't buy from certain regions of the world, Iraq, Russia, certain areas of China. Somebody's got to do some of these audits. And that, that I don't think you get dragged at that far upstream. But I guess if you did, you could help them say, we will prevent you from getting in trouble. <laughs> we will. And I'll be completely transparent. Like when you get into a market like China, I'm not going directly in and auditing domestically in China. It's just not happening. It's just, it's the nature of the beast. Now, do I have customers with exports from China that I'm auditing for? Absolutely. That's totally the thing. A direct customer inside of China, no, because it just doesn't make sense. Like you get to places like China and India, labor's cheap. Labor is really cheap. And so while a solution like what Intelligent Audit brings to the market, is, it's pennies on the pennies compared to the dollar, right? And what we do they can do it for a fraction of the pennies in India and in China, not at the scale that we can, not with the technology we can, but that's what you'll find with a lot of those companies that are domestic in those types of countries. So I know technology is a big part of what you guys did. We haven't really talked about it. So talk a little bit about your technology and why that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. 
So uh, our proprietary technology is the, the bread and butter of what we do, not only the processing application of how we collect data, we bring in a lot of disparate data from ERP systems, from carriers, but to how we visualize that through our business intelligence tool. That makes us unique. And something that's unique about Intelligent Audit is that within two hours of receipt of electronic invoice, it's fully processed in our system. You have visibility of it, right? You're not having to wait days and weeks for your data to come through. There's other freight auditors out there that I've heard about that it takes them a couple of weeks before they even present their data to their customers. And I'm like, no, as soon as we have it, you have visibility of it. And having that type of technology allows us to scale with large enterprises. Again, 20% of the Fortune 50 are customers of Intelligent Audit. That kind of gives you an idea of our scale. <laughs> yeah, the companies that we're working with, not gonna list them out by name. I will say that again, 20% of the Fortune 50 are our customers. We would so recognize those names. <laughs> you would recognize though they are very much household names. And these are very large, complex shippers. And this is where technology is key because sometimes these companies are a buildup of divestitures and acquisitions. They're running multiple ERPs, or maybe there's multiple locations that work very disparately. Using our technology, we're able to harness these problems and bring it all together. Whether it's a bunch of locations operating in their own silos, let us collect all that data and bring it in. So now you can start to figure out how to detangle that, right? Or you got a whole bunch of businesses that are doing their own thing. Globally, let's bring that up and use that data for global procurement because you're all operating under the same global parent company. So why don't you take advantage of economy of the scale? Having that technology is important. It allows us to have the speed and go to market, and it allows us to provide our customer with real tangible insights very quickly. Now, do you guys pay the bills for, the, for your customers or is it just the audit side? So that's a good question. It's an absolutely optional service for us. So we can audit the bills and we can tell our customers what to pay or through our partnership with Triant Pay, we can handle the carrier payments. So the reason we partnered with Triant Pay is we felt it was our fiduciary responsibility to not pay, touch any money, right? You had your IPSs, your trend sets. We've seen the guys go through here that have been in this industry for a while. We wanted to give our customers the confidence and the peace of mind to know that we're not touching their money. We're not playing with their funds. And there's still freight audit companies out there that your money's going through their personal bank accounts. Like they're, it's that's to me that's really scary but we did that so that we can make sure that our customers funds are safe and secure so we absolutely have the option through our partnership with try and pay to make carrier payments but in this day and age i'll be honest more companies making payments themselves everybody wants to manage their own cash everybody wants to do their own cash applications finance teams more and more like no we're keeping that in-house yeah that makes sense but you give them the option but you're again getting back to that whole idea of Compliance and also, I, I had a boss who used, who used to travel overseas a lot, and uh, guys would get in trouble overseas. And we had a saying all the time: we say the look of impropriety is just as bad as impropriety. So don't do anything that looks like there's some impropriety in it. Let's wrap this bad boy up. What I'll do is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile, and I'll put a link to your company website and any other links you and your marketing team give me. But I love what you guys are doing because again, not everybody wants a necessarily a freight broker or a 3PL or they're working with multiple. And you, I think we can never underestimate the importance of insights and data on our operations. Because although everybody says that's what we do, we give you this information, we still have a lot of silos in our business. There's a lot of moving pieces. It would be great if we had one system and we all just plugged it in and it chugged along in that system and everybody had real-time visibility and real-time insights. We're still not there. And I don't think we're going to be there in our lifetime. Yeah, it's, there's still too many moving pieces. Things are still too manual. We'll see uh, with technology, you know, where it's going, uh, especially with the use of AI, like even at Intelligent Audit, like we use AI for data capture, right? And data derivation and, and normalization. So I can only see this world getting, uh, getting closer to that more real-time information. But like you said, I don't know that in our lifetime we'll be there. There's so much disparity in place. <laughs> I used to say when I worked in automotive, if everything happened correctly the first time, they only need like 10 of us. <laughs> Instead, there's a millions of us. <laughs> this is totally random, but something in automotive that I never, and again, when you get into each industry, it makes it unique, rack returns. You don't realize how much of the product that actually gets put on from these vendors on racks that have to be returned, have to be shipped back. I don't know why, but again, each company, each industry has their own unique things that they have oh, to yeah. deal with when it comes to auditing. Yeah, they design, the reason automotive has got a lower 
overall percentage of transportation relative to revenue is because they really do engineer those trucks full. And so things go on racks. If you have a door that's being shipped, it goes on a rack because you don't want those. You can't stack a whole bunch of doors on top of each other. And no one wants to buy a new car with a whole bunch of the paint scratched off or dents in it, right? But it's not just that. There's You're not allowed to bring cardboard boxes into an assembly plant because they get wet. And when they get wet, they break up. And then you find little quality problems related to cardboard. So those are getting more and more clean rooms in tech. But Richard, I like to interview smart, interesting people like you who are killing it in the space. Who else should I talk to? I tell you what, a great resource I think would be George Lorenz from Triumph Pay. He can give you some great insights on the payment side of things because I know we we talked up to payments, yep. but I think that they would be great to talk to about what's going on in the marketplace today with carrier payments as well as with 3PLs. And I think Mr. George Lorenz could give you some really great insight into that. Excellent. Excellent. I appreciate I appreciate that. I'm, I've not talked to Triumph Pay. I hear the name every once in a while, so I'd love to interview them. So what conferences will we see you and the Intelligent Audit team at? The oh, very next one that we'll be at coming up soon is Retail Delivery Connect coming up in Florida uh, in August. We'll also be at CSCMP coming up through the uh, the end of the year as well. Where's CSCMP at? Ah, off the top of my head, I cannot recall. No but I do also know that Parcel, Parcel's coming up too, and that's going to be in Nashville. That's in my backyard. So we'll be at home. You'll be at uh, Parcel in Nashville as well. Very nice. And I'll see you next next year at Manifest, I know. And uh, yeah, I think you told me also you guys are going to Home Delivery World. Yeah, we'll also go to Home Delivery World next year. We'll go to the RDC Retail Delivery Connect. Really anything that's interesting around shipping, final mile, home delivery, those are the types of conferences we go to. But Manifest, Parcel, Home Delivery World, Retail Delivery Connect, CSCMP, Manifest, those are certainly the ones that are on our radar in the coming year, and you can see us there. And those are great opportunities. Those are all great conferences to get in front of your peers, learn about what's going on in the industry, and of course, talk to uh, Intelligent Audit. Excellent. Excellent. I appreciate you taking the time, Richard. I love what you guys are doing. And again, I think it's an overlooked area, but it should not be. If you're a big shipper and you're not doing that audit, and again, I think that this is one of the challenges. If you decide you're going to get your own TMS, and you're going to manage your own carriers. That's fine. I think probably they do it really well. But the audit is a weakness for some. <laughs> it is. And it's honestly, it's that one piece that's keeping you from efficiency, right? Capturing that data, making sure things are correct. And then once you have it, now you can start making plans on where you want to go. Yep. And you can save the money. And the same thing, they can throw that money out if they don't want it. Absolutely. <laughs> Richard, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. It's been wonderful. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You have been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage with leaders in the logistics and supply chain community. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like button, and leave us a nice review on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen. Also, please check out our videos on YouTube and connect with us on LinkedIn. We're very big on LinkedIn. And you can also reach us on the logisticsoflogistics.com, our website.